What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience. The podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson. And I'm Dallas Terrell, co-host and life intervention counselor at Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. Help people help themselves. Like I think that's exactly. both of our missions in this world is to help others, but help them help themselves. Right. And that's the thing is it's just, it's, it's, everybody has to start somewhere. And that's what, you know, with first form, that's what I love. It's like, we have people that have lost hundreds and hundreds of pounds that just wanted a community where they didn't feel like they were going to be scared or shamed or anything like that. Because, you know, one thing that I absolutely hate is when I see people taking videos of other people in the gym and posting them on Instagram. Like mm. I don't see it anymore. Cause I just mute the people or whatever, but it's like, these people are trying that it took a lot of courage for them to go into a gym, to go in public and start a fitness routine. And now you're the jackass filming them and posting it and they're going to see it online. And then you're, you're literally putting them right back to where they were. Like, yeah, why are we not that. trying to help people out and uplift them and go over and say like, you know, Hey, you know what? Like, you know, glad to meet you. Are you new here? You introduce yourself. And you know, if they're using a piece of equipment incorrectly, you show them how to use it in a safe manner, make sure that they feel good when they use it, they're not uncomfortable, or it's not pulling any muscle or hurting or pinching. And like, why are we not doing that? But instead you're sitting there filming them to post it on the internet so you can get a fucking like, it's mm -hmm. so sad. Yeah, it's it's messed up. I always think it's terrible to lead or like it's it's just terrible to lead with shame, like shame people, yeah. you know, yeah. like I yeah. would never shame someone that's obese, but I would encourage them to lose weight, you know, kind of like right. what you were saying. And you yeah. do see it. And it's people just project their own pain onto everybody else. You know, it's annoying. There's just shallow people that do that kind of stuff anyway. Like there's no depth to them whatsoever. So. Yeah, it's true. And I see the same thing in the recovery space where people, it's just, everyone's just out living and projecting their own shit onto everybody else. And it's yeah. really hard to sift through, like kind of mm -hmm. like what we said with the nutrition space and the fitness space. There's so much to sift through, but yeah. in everything, in, in the recovery space, there's so much to sift through too, where we get some dude that has three years sober and he's preaching to everybody how the fuck to do it. Yeah. And it's like, gotcha. there's not just yeah. one way to do things. And yeah. right. that's a terrible kind of like message to promote that there's just one right. way and that you're the shit and you know how and you're the best, yeah. you know? Well, and there, yeah. there's very tight communities that if you didn't get sober by their means, you're not really sober. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> that, yeah. Wait, just because I didn't do it your way means it's not real. That's not real. And they're very close knit and they don't want other people in unless they did it their way. Yeah. Well, I always, I always use the example of a road trip. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's where you're starting and where your destination is. If there's road construction on the highway, there's always a detour. There's always another way around it to get the same result, to get to the end space. One might get you there faster. One might get you there a little bit slower, but the, the end result is going to be the same. So it's finding what you're comfortable with. You know, like people, they don't want to drive on the interstate because they're scared. Everybody's driving so fast. So take the detour. It'll take you just a little bit longer, but you're still going to end up there. So it's finding something, that, a pace that you're comfortable with, a, a method that you're comfortable with that is still working, that is healthy, that is safe, whether it be with weight loss, recovery, everything to get you to the point, to get you to your goal and, you know, to your ending stuff, finish line, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to lost words when I call it, but there's always a way. <laughs> there's always a way. I think it's cool that, uh, First form has CrossFit athletes. I didn't know that for a long time. Yeah. And then once yeah. I, I saw that like Tia Toomey was like sponsored yeah. by First Form, I was like, dude, that's badass. Cause I stopped taking supplements once I started doing CrossFit. 
Because yeah. I was like real globo gym, you know. I had all of them, pre-workouts, BCAs, the creatine, the this is, the hydration. And I was like, dude, I don't make enough money to just be spending like 400 <laughs> bucks a month on, on supplements. Uh-huh. Let alone like the – I was just plateaued for like four years of just bodybuilding type stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I started CrossFit, stopped taking all that stuff. And the first company to get me back into supplements was First Form. Just for oh, like cool. the, the complete approach, you know. So yeah. I really value that in how saturated the the market is with nutrition and health. So I value First Form for a having people like you and Andy that just preach kind of the truth, in my opinion. But then just the whole complete package, the complete look, the not the one size fits all, and you guys yeah. give a shit. You know, I think that's so Thank cool. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thank, and that's yeah. another world world that's so saturated. If somebody wants to get healthy, how do they know what a good quality product is? And right. that was sort of my resistance to first form because you guys never have sales. And I love a sale. <laughs> like, just give me 10% off and I'll buy like $200 of stuff. But you guys don't operate that way. But then, you know, listening to Andy and it's like, yeah, they're quality products. Why would you not expect to pay more for it? And it's And it's going into your body. And I'm like, that actually makes sense and not just grabbing well, something off Amazon food or anything else. Like you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to cut corners. Cause the thing is, is like, it costs a lot to produce those products right. and you know, to get the, to get the really good, you know, ingredients that are going to make a difference. You know, and yeah. it's not this, it's not this pixie dust bullshit where you get this much protein in a bottle and there's like all these other miscellaneous things, just as fillers. So if you actually look if you would break it down, dollar for dollar of what the actual amounts of the effective products are you know what i mean it's actually like saving you money you know because you're not wasting so much on trying to with fillers and things like that so yeah but i'm you know it's so first form that yeah with the tea like she's amazing by the way but yeah we there's a lot of crossfit athletes at hq and i don't know if you've seen the videos but we have like a whole crossfit gym area and yeah man, i've those seen it it's so cool like, I, I was very sidetracked when i was doing the tour there i was like god i just want to work out here so bad <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because i like i don't do crossfit and uh i'll be lifting weights and i was like shit they are like doing it over there like it's wild <laughs> like i'm just thinking how do they not pass out because they're up and down and moving i'm like my blood will be rushing to my head and i feel like getting dizzy <laughs> Hands, handstand push-ups against the wall right into heavy squat cleans yeah you know what yeah so i did uh do crossfit just a couple times with my brother-in-law i think i did literally like two times uh with my brother-in-law sal and then andy's business partner chris and they were going to, this is before we had the new HQ. This has been years and years ago. And I thought it was so fun. I was like, this is like gym class. Cause we were doing like handstands and walking handstands. Like it was so fun to yeah. me. Like I loved it. Cause I used to do gymnastics years ago, but then I got too tall and they said, you can't do this anymore. You're too <laughs> tall. And uh, it was such a blast. But then I see like the not fun parts and I'm like, holy shit. This is like, <laughs> that's not fun. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that is not fun because they're like dying on the floor after. And there's like, I was like, this is like, they're going to, I need a stretcher to pull these people out of here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's inspiring to watch though, for sure. I mean, Tia is a whole nother level though. Like obviously she, she's is, the fittest is, on earth for five years she, in a row. Yeah. She's a machine and she is so sweet and just so gracious and just the kindest, coolest human you could ever meet for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, but boy, that grit that girl has, like, I, I just watch her and nobody can touch her. I don't think, you know, it's going to be like a Matt Frazier, like nobody's going to be able to touch first place until she retires from CrossFit because she's just that far ahead of everybody. Did you listen to Andy's podcast that she was on? Yeah. Yes. 
Holy shit. That, that was like a, cause you know, I spoke to her when she's been in and visited and things like that, but to hear the actual history of how she developed that fortitude, that mental strength, I was like, she is a fucking badass. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's a superwoman. Yeah. It's great. It blows my mind to think that like, I've been working out for the last seven years and she has, she's probably weighs 80 pounds less than me. And can lift like 30, 40 more pounds than me on, on everything no. that I practice all the time. Yeah. I know. Like if I walked in, if she would be like bench pressing a school bus, I would not be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's like, we always tease it. Like, cause I grew up on a farm. And, uh, so like we always called it where I grew up at, we called it old man muscle yep. where like farmers were like the strongest men ever, but you, they would, didn't look physically strong right where she looks so physically strong but she has the component of the old man muscle like you know those muscles that all she has are going to do like crazy stuff but she it's like that times 10 is actually her real strength it's wild it's wild <laughs> the one thing she said in that and it's just so applicable she was talking about being uh raised and and like when she would fall down her parents would be like yeah, okay, rub some dirt on it, continue. And you realize that's where she gathered her strength, but also where we as a society have failed our kids because it's like, oh my gosh, you have that, let's let's baby you, let's maybe you should take yeah. a day off of school or not go to work. And, yeah. and so you see where the mindset of why she is the way she is compared to how the world is sort of operating today. Well, and I think that's, that's one thing that I think is always like hit home. Cause my parents were very similar in that regard of like, you know, look at any kid when they fall down or get hit, what's the first thing they do? They look at their parents. Yep. Mm -hmm. What's the parents reaction and they mirror it. Right. And you know, that my parents would be like, oh, it's too far from your heart to kill you. So get up and keep going. Yeah. You know, like I, I was an ax, like I would wreck our four wheelers all the time. I was thrown over the handlebars a million times. Like I had so many freaking accidents and shit happened to me as a kid. And they'd always just look at them like, nope, come on, you're, you're tougher than this, keep going, you know? And it really does make a huge difference in your life. So it's like, I think that's what we all need to think about whether we have kids or not, is like your reaction is what, you know, that's like with pandering, we talked about like the whole like body positivity and you are enough thing. Like if you constantly keep that face of like, yes, that is, you are enough, that, in, that empowers that person to keep that behavior. Where if we were to actually like be more reactive of like, look, I know that you say you're comfortable like this, but if you want to get healthy, I can help you in a very a way that you're going to love. You're going to feel better and kind of offer them that transition in that. So it's like all like it's standing for what you believe in. And also in a way, I know this is a twisted way to get around to the point, but <laughs> it's, but it, you know, it, it's, we are responsible for not only ourselves, but for our reactions to others where, mm -hmm. you know, how many times have you guys been with a group of people and they'll be saying some shit you don't agree with, but there used to be a point in your life where you'd be like passive and you're like, whatever, as you get older and you start standing up for yourself, like actually, you know, you guys shouldn't talk about that person. They are so nice and blah, blah. Yeah. It shuts everybody down and helps to redirect their mindset on that. So I feel like even raising children like that or whatever you're doing in life that's it's our responsibility to stand keep our feet planted in what we believe in and what we know to be true and not to pander to these people and that's what's going to help improve people by standing up for what you believe because they're going to draw inspiration from you in regard to that and help their development with that well said yeah 100%. <laughs> i think we call that integrity you know it's like you you so. yeah believe in something you know or you'll fall for everything type of deal 
Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, it's okay to have an opinion and it's okay to like differ from people and it's okay yeah. to tell people shut up, you know, like. Yeah. Well, Andy and I would say no is a complete sentence. You know, he and I are very direct. In I love that. That's our, a good one. Our, yeah. our relationship and our working relationship because, you know, I, I'm the CEO of his brand and with Arte Syndicate. So I work with him every day with that. And then with my own companies that I run with my team. So it's like, you know, it's direct is not being rude. It's right. saving everybody time. It's allowing everybody to grow. And so it's, it's learning how to say no and not just, you know, you know, entertaining people really. Yeah. Well, and that's something that we really work on with Elevate is first we lead by example. You know, I'm in there working out, the clients see it. They're like, oh, okay, I guess if she's in there doing it, I can do it. But it's also teaching them healthy boundaries because uh, and how to put those out to people. Because when you're an addict, you're very susceptible to what's around you. And you've got to learn to toughen up and put those boundaries in there, even if it hurts people's feelings that you don't want to drink with them anymore. You don't want to do this anymore. Right. How to establish and, and be okay with that without being rude. You don't want to, you know, make people hate you, but you also have to be kind of firm. And it's a learned skill or yeah. attribute that not everybody has. <laughs> it's true. And that's why, you know, I always tell people that are, um, I wanted to say suffering from that, people that are prone to that, read the four agreements. That's the best book. It's yeah. such an easy read, but it's the one, like that book, I swear, changed my life a bajillion years ago because it teaches you to not take offense to the, what other people are giving you, whether it be projecting on you or saying something, you don't take offense to it. It teaches you to either process it as they care about me. So they're trying to help me or, you know, like it, it teaches you to stand firm in what you believe in and not get hurt feelings. Like you said, they don't want to go out drinking with you anymore. They don't want to go on a bender with you. You know, it's, 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 um, it teaches you to encapsulate like what you want in your life and to kind of flush out the noise and to stay, to stay firm in your beliefs and your actions. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a massive skill. And it's, and kind of like what we're all speaking to is that it's, it's an underdeveloped skill like in the world and with people. And, you right. know, I can attest to not having that skill. Like I grew up with the, you know, the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me type of stuff. And my parents saying that, but then, you know, you yeah. grow up and you have your own life and you start to get hurt or offended or whatever it may be. And, and you have to kind of unlearn or relearn that like words are just words. And you're like the sole controller of like what, things mean and I feel right. like we that gets lost along the way and I'm not mm. perfect with that either hell no yeah. but it's a it's a practice it's a journey it's right. a skill and it's especially in, in our work I'm sure oh man oh man there's some people that won't get sober because they don't think people will like them if they are sober and it's like dude you're risking well, killing yourself for somebody that, else's validation like that is super gnarly <laughs> yeah well and that's the thing is i'm sure you know in the industry what what you guys do is if there's someone that they don't want to get sober because they're afraid their friends that are also not sober are going to not like them those aren't your friends right they're they're wanting you to go down this unhealthy path with them you know they don't want what's best for you a friend wants what's best for you whether it's you know telling you the hard truth yeah. or you know if, if you maybe if you have to break away from these toxic friendships and they're not even that's the thing is I, friendships is used loosely because they don't care about you you know it's the friends that when you're doing something different in your life to change and maybe, you know, redevelop who you are, or you're starting a business, or you're doing something for yourself that's going to better you. 
and they're going to be, you know, negative Nancy about it and find ways to push that back down and try to stifle that and cover that up for you and be like, are you sure you want to do that? Or they make you question yourself. That's not a friend. And if you start to see that in your friends, whether it be with your health journey, sobriety, whatever it is, that should be a huge red flag to you that these people don't want, want what's best for me. They don't love me. They want me to stay in the same pit that they are, yeah, you know, so stuck. Yes. If you're both stuck, then no one's stuck, you know? Right. And then they don't have to look at themselves. So they have, you know, ulterior motive for you getting better is because then they're going to be forced to look at themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's a big part of the beginning of our program is identifying those toxic people because it's so confusing because people you think are your friends, once you get away from them and really look at it, you realize those weren't really your friends, but it kind of takes you removing from your environment and looking at different characteristics to even have that realization. And totally. we have a lot of people in our world that when they come into treatment, they're like, this is the first time I actually have real friends that don't just want something from me or want the worst for me. Like literally nobody yeah. has anything to give each other here. And it's right. <laughs> we don't have wallets. We don't have phones. Yeah. We don't have anything yeah. but like maybe a pack of cigarettes and a personality, you know, and you make friends right. off yeah. just that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's like what you, what you just said and you reminds me of like, I always call it like the, the toxic relationship stuff, you know, like we've all been there where you're dating this like shitty person and all your friends are like, oh my God, they're terrible. Why are you with them? And, blah. and you're like, no, they're a good person because you're too far inside of it to see what the extra, like people on the outside see. Right. And then once you remove yourself, you break up with them and you get removed from that. And you're like, holy shit, what was wrong with me? Why was I ever with them? And then it actually, like, once you step outside of that, you're able to see that. And you're like, I'm not going to make this mistake again. You know, it's just, it's, we get too, too ingrained in that group or those friends to actually see the damage that they're doing. Yeah. It's hard to see it when you're in it. You know, it's, it's yep. super hard to see. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then you're going through the whole codependency thing and they're feeding that and you can't live without them. And it, it, it does a number on you for sure. It's. Uh, uh, being a human an adult human is fucked up there's a lot super hard yeah. a lot of nuances to it you remember being a kid and being like oh i can't wait to be a grown-up and then now we're grown-ups we're like fuck man you know i just so want to be a kid i know i remember those um those memes you'd see about like remember when you were little and you thought all you know, grown-ups had all their shit together and now you're a grown-up and you realize that none of them have their shit together it's the truth but I did see something that was actually pretty, uh, I actually, you know, really felt this like meme or quote was, if you want to learn what's important in life, talk to a four-year-old and then an 84-year-old. Yeah. And that'll tell you everything you need to know in life. And that is really, as silly as it sounds, it's pretty indicative to what actually matters in life. Because think about a four-year-old, that childlike wonder, that excitement, that, you know, that it, just that love of life and that pure, you know, the pure mind. And then 84, you have someone that can tell you everything that actually really matters. You know, you used to think when you were younger, old grumpy people, and they just say whatever's on their mind and like, they can't believe it. And now as you get older, I feel like I'm becoming that grumpy person because I don't put up with bullshit. I say what's exactly on my mind. And I have a very small friend group, but I'm so much happier than I was when I was just trying to appease everybody and have these big friend groups and all this chaos and drama and all this other stuff. Like life is better when you just start to focus on being who you are, genuine to who you are and being passionate about things in your life and helping others. Like you guys give so much to your, to everybody that's in your facility to try to make them better, to have that 
to be able to look back on their life and kind of fast forward to those old grumpy years of like, look back on your life, even if they're 20 year old in your 20 year olds in your, um, you know, in your setting, or if they're 50 year olds, they can see what actually really matters. Cause you guys are rising, you know, making them rise to, to be reflective on their life, to see what matters, to equip them better. You know, once they exit, you know, your program. Yeah. Absolutely nothing what? more fulfilling. This is a selfish question. What is like the youngest and the oldest, you know, patients or what do you Eight, clients? 18. Uh, 18 is the earliest 18, you can enroll. Yep, yeah, you got to be an adult. And we have a lot of those. <laughs> and then, gosh, Seven, 75. I've seen 78. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anywhere between 18 and se I think, I think 78 is the oldest yeah. that I've seen thus far. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. she was one of my favorite clients. She's yeah. very crotchety, but very pure. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I love that. very crotchety. I haven't heard that. Yeah, phrase she in a was time. that. She was the definition of crotchety. Like just <laughs> like like I don't I don't even know how to describe it. Like just very bitchy, but like yeah. it came from a good place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like you said. There's just no pretense. She's not yeah. trying to like please anybody. No it's like what coating. you see is what you get, and I don't care what you think. <laughs> but you know what? But isn't it? I don't know. I find it fun to talk to those people because it's like, you know exactly where you stand. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, there is, I, I, I love it. Like, it's just so raw and just so in your face where it's like, it's, I don't know. It's almost entertaining in a sense. You know yeah. I mean? There's no they PR. Just, it's like, all right, you, you're freaking oh, no. grumpy, huh? Me too. What else <laughs> yeah. you want to talk about? You know, know. <laughs> just like my grandma's 94 and she's like this, she'll say like, this food tastes like shit. And like, she'll, you know what I mean? She just, there's nothing, not my food. Let me tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. This food tastes yeah. like shit. What is this? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's how she is. <laughs> well, there's kind of a lot of peace with living with no filter for the most part when you can just be you and it doesn't matter. But the thing is that the people are going to respond. The people that are responding to you with that no filter, they're the people you want in your life because they get it, you know? And oh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's funny because I feel like as I've gotten more um, certain in my life and my confidence is continuing to grow and things like that. I just, I find that there's certain people that they don't want to bring certain topics or questions to me. They'll try to route them to someone else to bring to me because they don't want my answer. Cause they know it's going to be very raw and maybe not what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that, and it's not in a bad way. It's not like I'm ever bitchy, but it's like, I'm just very direct with people. And it, it, filters out like people say well how do you get rid of all these toxic people and you're like really just standing in your in your ground that's going to filter that they're going to leave on their own because mm -hmm. they know that you know what she's she's not for this anymore and she's not going to put up with my shit so they just kind of go out and graze by themselves from for life you know and it's important that's why i just feel like in your industry what you guys do what i do you know there's there's power in standing firm and speaking your mind but also saying it with grace and kindness as well because we have to keep the element of humanity of in that because when you say direct some people think that you're being an asshole or you're being bitchy or you're yelling at people which that's not the case you can keep humanity in everything because some people don't know you know what i mean and they they don't know any better they don't like going back circling the fitness thing they don't know what information is right on google yeah so for you to be hateful to them or like i can't believe you're so fucking stupid that you believe this or you did this that's never the approach it never lands well no it's look i know you read this the reason that this doesn't work because the thing is is that if you tell them that you're calling them stupid for them believing it and that's the that's the worst way to take this 
So it's you saying, look, I understand why you believe that because that's been preached to us our whole life of not eating is going to make you skinny and fit, but actually here's what I've experienced and other people have experienced. And this is why you should try this route. So there's always a way to position things to keep the humanity in that not makes, not to uh, degrade someone or make them feel less than, but to embrace it and say, look, I understand this but here is why this way is actually going to be better or to serve you better in life, no matter what it is. And that's an approach, no matter what industry anybody is yeah. in that's listening to this is going to be able to find benefit from. Yeah. And there's a definitely an art to it because, uh, you know, keeping your PR in, but being direct is important. And yeah. when we're dealing with our clients, <laughs> they don't like to be told what they're to do. And they also don't like being talked to down like an idiot. Yeah. And I think that's why they, appreciate our program because we're coming from a place of we've been there we understand let's help you through this in a like you said with grace and not in a talking down sort of manner which they are not receptive to whatsoever i mean nobody is i mean some people will take it because that's how they were raised but that's not where you're going to get their agreement to want to change no you have to meet them where they're at and the mo the best thing is communication sharing a similar story or something they can relate to and then help them rise with you in that by you saying, you know, if they're saying one thing and you you're up here, you know, and you're like, no, you know, look, I was once here, blah, blah. But then I took this step. You're, you're helping to lift them up by getting on their level first, by sharing a similar story, making them comfortable in that, understanding where they're coming from and then bringing them up, you know, and there's, I don't know if it's a power play for people or what, but like you said, talking down to is never going to serve a purpose because you're saying I'm superior. Listen to me. That's not what people want. They want, they want someone that is going to help them. They want a friend. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I just kind of to echo the same thing you guys are saying. It's like with at least in with what we all have going on with fitness and with recovery and wanting to better your life. It's there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of, limiting beliefs and there's a lot of bs packed under being obese there's a lot of bs yeah. packed under being a drug addict there's so much stuff right. under there and you can't yeah. get to that by being i'm better than you and you can't get right. that by just yelling at people there's there has to be some sort of humanity to it to get down to what really needs to be looked at or be fixed and i mean I, the same goes with therapy and counseling and you know working with people on business i'm sure it's not yeah. just numbers it's no. people do things no. for a reason you know it makes sense it, to them and you got to look into that, that you know yeah it's meeting them that's where they're at that's the number one thing yeah exactly and like you know you're saying like with working with my business clients it's we rarely actually talk about money we right. talk about the leadership, the mentality, the strength they need, like, what can they do? We talk about systems and strategies and things like that, because it's all, everything that we do in our lives comes from us. So we have to, we have to try to work to improve ourselves first to be better in any aspect of our lives ever. You know, there's not just, you know, I always say like, it's like building a house with a single brick. You can't build a house with a single brick. And what I mean by that is people that go all in on their fitness, that's all they do. And then the rest of their life is in shambles. Or if they're, you know, if they're into drugs and they're, you know, on a bender constantly, they can't focus on anything else in their lives because it's all this. It's finding a healthy balance in what you do to build a house brick by brick because you can't just keep stacking one after the other. We have to be able to spread ourselves out in our lives to have a productive, good life in every aspect and not have one thing be our main focus and everything else is falling to the wayside. 
That's so true. And and we see that almost the opposite of like just fitness, but just sobriety. Like people own that like my only job is to get sober and not yeah. use drugs. And it becomes like their standard of living. And that's kind of where we talk about the difference between like being sober and recovery, where it's recovery is a lot like what you were talking about of spreading your wings and getting a foundation and a job and a money and relationship and happiness and, and joy. Out. Yeah. And so we kind of see the opposite where some people will just get obese and sit on a couch and be like, hey, man, at least I'm sober. At least you know? I'm sober. I'm miserable, but I'm sober. And we're not so about that. It's not about just getting sober. It's about being productive, feeling good, kicking ass in life. There's more to life than just being sober. That's that's you know you weren't born to just not use drugs you know yeah. yeah yeah so what is the line with your program what is the line between and this is just me asking yeah, yeah. i don't know between sobriety and recovery i think that is the line where sobriety is just not using drugs and alcohol but recovering is actually the work that you do to fix or change right like maybe the limiting beliefs the shame the guilt the things that make us want to mask with drugs and alcohol. So you can, you know, uh, we kind of say, right, if, if, if it just took getting off drugs and alcohol, there would only be detox centers. Yeah. Right. If it was just getting off of the, the substance, that's all there would be is kind of these detox centers that get you off the substance and send you right back out. But kind of yeah. like you said, with business, it's the behavior, it's the patterns, it's the limited beliefs, it's the trauma, the shame, the guilt. If none of that is cleaned up or investigated or looked into, we'll always keep, we'll always have the same problems that drugs will fix. You know, gotcha. so we continue yeah. to have these problems and we use drugs to fix them. So if you get rid of those problems, you'll never need drugs to fix them because they're not there anymore. And that's yeah. kind of what recovery looks like in a million different examples. <laughs> so someone could actually be sober for six months, then go into recovery, or someone could be just sober for five years while everything's falling to shit and then into recovery once they start doing the actual work, the inward work. Absolutely. Correct? And the ironic part is that looks different for everybody. Some yeah. people start the work a month in. Some people don't realize until five years that there's all this trauma and shame and guilt and codependency and negative behaviors. And then they clean it up, you know, and yeah. they'll kind of call that like no, white knuckling. No. Yeah. Or you hear, you know, uh, dry drunks. It's like they are so miserable, but they're not drinking. And, it, and it's almost to the point of like, dude, maybe you should just go drink because you're like so unhappy. <laughs> like this is not yeah. good for you. And they haven't done the work. That makes sense. I Because I never really, until you said that, I never even thought about the difference between sobriety and recovery. I always just thought of them in unison, like you're not doing yeah. drugs, so you're in recovery, but that makes sense as far as like, so they're just not doing it, they're sober, but when they actually start to work on everything else that caused them to start, that's recovery. So yeah. thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, of course, that. And, and that's that's more, I mean, I would say it's definitely my opinion. There's no like written statement of that. That's kind of my yeah. experience and opinion. Oh, and, but it makes perfect sense. But being sober is acceptable. It's like the entry level standard, you know? So yeah. we'll work with that too. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. Like, I know it, it, like I said, I didn't even ever think there was actually a difference till you just use those two phrases together. And that's why I had to ask. I was like, wait, what's the difference then? When is the threshold there? Yeah. No, it's a great question. Cause I'm sure a lot of our audience is past clients, family members of clients, people in recovery, people that are sober. So it's, I'm glad you asked that because that's a, a big topic and people get real nitpicky on it. It's kind of like, 
sobriety can be like culty, you know, where it's like its own thing. Why is that? Everything is so culty. Like you right? said earlier, if it's if you didn't do it my way, it doesn't count. Yeah, what? yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I did like for you guys, you know, with sobriety, like if they don't do it one way, then it doesn't count. You're not really sober. Like, dude, I'm not doing drugs. Like, how is that not good? You know, like, yeah, it's yeah. Just, It'd be like you getting like, mad at someone for not losing weight the way that you, you told them they should, you know, it's like, yeah, what? it's just wild to me. It's just, you know, why can't people just be happy for each other? Well, you know what I mean? and that's, right. a, that's what we had to adopt because we weren't going to be like them. It's like, and I always say this, like, I don't care how you do it as long as you do it. Like it, there right. is no one size fits all. What yeah. our program might not work for you. So go to AA meetings afterwards. We're happy yeah. for you. You should have a people group. Respond like respond okay to everything different. Yeah. They're like that's, that's human nature. You're going to react to different things. That's why it's as simplistic as this. That's why there's different types of fashion and different types of stores because everybody's going to respond to something different and it's, it shouldn't just be what we're wearing. It's like that with every single thing, like what Avenue is going to be best for you that you feel most comfortable in that you feel like you can actually succeed in, you know? And that's the thing is like with 75 hard, that's, you know, people was like, well, what diet should I do? And it's like, pick which one what can, yeah. stick, what can you stick to, you know, the one it's you can stick to. Yeah. I love that. Like consistency is going to be key. Like there's no diet that is going to be consistency. So like pick that. And what a sweet, like I haven't done 75 hard. I'm very familiar with it, obviously with Angie. I talk and, about it all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think it gets brought up maybe every podcast, but it's a great thing. And Somehow I slip it in. <laughs> what it, what it, like what I kind of take from it, and I think one of the most unique points is what you just said of like pick your own diet because then yeah. all the responsibility is on you. Like yeah. you have to independently agree to something that you think you can stick to. And that's how we change, right? Like you make the decision to change and then you just stay like motivated to keep changing. And so I love that because it's not someone telling you what to do. You're right. telling yourself what to do and you're doing all the work and then it yeah. means something. And, and you have like exactly. this drive to stay true to what you thought would be successful. Well, and that's right. how I'm able to, sell it to people because I've had probably 10 or 15 people do it since I did it. And that's always one of the questions. And and it's not about the diet, although obviously you don't want to eat McDonald's every day as your diet, but it's the right. consistency. It's can you consistently for 75 straight days stick to this one thing? And that's well, where the power comes from is yeah. because so many other people is like, I want a cheat weekend. I want a cheat night. Or if I fall off, I get back on. It's like, no, can you do it straight for 75 days? That's the challenge. Well, that's the thing is it empowers you to realize that I'm in control of this. I chose what I put in my mouth and these are the results I got because, you know, the education with these quick fix diets are terrible. Like, you know, with like Jenny Craig or these, uh, what's that one that's like a food, like that Marie Osmond always does it. Weight Watchers? Uh, no. No. Is it Weight Watchers she does? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That one. And there's some sort of meal program. They send you like dehydrated food and you add water, whatever. Oh, Nutrisystem. That's it. Nutrisystem. All those things don't actually teach you how to eat. They just give you the food and you just eat that and that's it. Well, what happens when you want to go off that program? You don't know your calories. You don't know your macros. You don't know what to actually eat because you were given that before. So by having people choose their own diets, no matter how they want to do it, if they want to figure it out online, they hire a coach, they just want to wing it and try to figure it out on their own. But you did the work for that. It's mm -hmm. instructing you and teaching you what's healthy and what's not healthy and that's where I think this huge, there's like a huge cloud with the 
food aspect of diet, fitness, weight loss, all of that is we have to have the education. It's not a point system. It's not reheating, you know, dried food you added water to, to make it a real meal. Like that's not like, plus that's not nutritious. You know what I mean? Like what, what's getting sucked out of that food to make it dehydrated where you add water and then it comes back to life. Right. That's, like like that's, so, that's some science shit. Like how does that even <laughs> yeah, work? It's good you for know? astronauts, but not like everyday living. Yeah, it's just so strange to me. So it's like, it's it's the education part of that, of like, you have to learn what's going to work for you. And there, you have more pride in that. When you did 75 hard and you ate what you knew you could stick to and you got the results you did, that's going to empower people and make them healthier in the long run. You know, it's that's why it's a program that people, you know, will do for a very long time in their life, or they now know, have the education as to what it takes to actually get healthy and that mental strength and toughness to do it again. Yeah. Well, and I think the important thing is, is it, you need it to become your lifestyle, not a diet. Like, so like yeah. I always say, I do keto, but it's just a lifestyle. I don't ever feel like I'm on a diet. You know, I yeah. eat what I like. I know what the parameters are and I'm good with that. And even when I'm not on 75 hard, that is how I eat unless, you know, I splurge on a Thanksgiving yeah. meal, but uh, yeah. No, that's the same with me. I do macros. I've been doing macros for seven years. It's the only thing when I was doing straight clean eating of the six meals a day and two protein shakes, all stuff. Like I just, I didn't like that. I didn't enjoy it, but it's like, that's why, you know, I switched to a macro diet. I saw better results. I don't go up and down because when I would do clean eating all the time, I was up and down all the time with my weight. When I stopped or got off of there, I would gain some weight and then I have to get back on to get it down. But with a macro diet, that's what it is to me. It's more of a lifestyle where I can fit it in and I eat, I eat healthy, clean macros, but then if I want to eat shitty, I just account for it and I'm good to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're not depriving yourself of never being able to do that so that when you are right. off the diet, you go nuts because you felt so deprived. That was me. It was like the weekly cheat. It was a cheat day on Sundays. And yeah. I remember I would eat myself till my stomach was freaking like going to explode. Yeah. I would go to the grocery store. I'm like, Ooh, I'd go to the baker. I'm like, Oh, they got rice crispy treats that were probably 800 calories a piece. And then I bought, you know, we'd eat whatever we wanted. And then you'd feel sick for like three days and you have all this water retention and weight gain from this. You finally get down to normal on Saturday. And then here's Sunday again, time for a cheat meal. So it was like, the slowest way to get results because I was just binging like on Sundays. And then it's like, so now it's like, I don't have to feel deprived. I can have a little bit here and there. And the crazy part is, is when I switched over to that, I didn't crave all the other bad food anymore because right. I knew that it wasn't like a, I wanted it cause I couldn't have it before. now it's like, well, if I want it, I can have it, but I don't really want that, you know? Yep. So. Yeah, there's a lot more longevity in that. And I think that's kind of what we're all saying. Yeah. You know, it's like, dude, let's be happy and live longer. And let's just keep Absolutely. talking about that because there's not enough people talking about it, you know? <laughs> I, agree. I agree. And drink your water. And I'm actually impressed that I have not had to take a bath. Same. I keep looking for like the indicators. Like, is she going to go? Does she got to go? But now we're like, oh. I've been looking for it. I'm like, Emily, you just let me know whenever you're ready, dude. I'm, I I'm ready. Like constantly. And so I've actually been, I'm trying to be very like conservative with my water consumption. Cause usually I would have had two liters in this time frame. So I was like trying to like be really good. Oh, you're so good. you did so good. <laughs> I feel like I'm a child. Like I did good. I didn't. <laughs> Here's your gold star. <laughs> Funny story. Yeah. I found out from a client that I was working with once. He told me he had something called urgency. Have you guys ever heard of that? It's like basically when uh, when you have to pee, it always feels like an emergency. Like there's never there's a there's not a normal buildup of having to pee. It's like I don't have to pee, and then it's like I'm about to pee my pants. And it's a oh thing. My gosh. It's a real thing. I feel like I have that sometimes. Yeah, same. That's that. I'm same. about to get into that. Like I, yeah. I was like, dude, 
that's me. Like I never have to pee until I'm about to pee my pants. Like, but there, wait, there's no do you middle. think that? Hey, so this brings up a good point because I do feel like I have that, but I also <laughs> think it's not necessarily like quote medical. I don't even know if that guy made that up. It maybe it is. Me whatever. neither. He could have been full of shit, but I believe it. <laughs> right. You know what? I'm buying into whatever that guy's selling right now because that's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. But I, my sister and I had this conversation like yesterday because my sister's my COO of the paper and plan company that I own, and. We were back in the warehouse working and to get to our bathroom, it's like a little bit of a walk. And we always go on bathroom breaks together because we'll stop working, go to the bathroom, come back. And I'm like, okay, I got to go like right now. And I go, I don't know why, but I feel like whenever it's time to go to the bathroom, I got to go like right now. Yeah. And she's like, you think that's maybe because you're always so busy and your mind's busy. But then when you actually, you don't actually pay attention to the cues that you have to go to the bathroom earlier. And I'm like, maybe that's true because I'm like, I run my life like, but I love it. I live in constant like, Chaos. Go, That's go, why I was go. five minutes late getting here because I was running. I had to hurry up and drive back to get. I'm very optimistic when it comes to scheduling, which is actually kind of a downfall. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I feel like I have superwoman syndrome of like I could be everywhere all at once. It's fine. I'll make it work. You know what I mean? And then. So I don't know. I feel like that's how I am with the bathroom is like, oh no, I'll, I'll make it. It's fine. I'll be fine. And I put it off and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go to the bathroom and I'm going to pee my pants. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe urgency is really just us in denial of the small, like bodily cues. And we just continue yeah. to miss them. You're like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. I can push through it. Well, yeah, it's either so that or it's urgency. We could both work. One of the things, I don't know. I'm just going to stick with like, I'm just so, I'm so busy and so focused. I don't realize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely not our fault. It's no, not our fault. I feel like that is what it is because we are all very super, super active. And it's like, I mean, for me, and that was my hardest part about 75 hard was all the water. It's like, dude, I don't have time to go pee this many times a day. Like oh I got God. stuff to do. No. So the other day I was driving out to visit my grandma because she's 94 and she's lived with my parents the last three years. And, um, they, she just got to a point where like, she just needed more help than what my mom was trained to do. As far as like, she started to fall everyone. So, you know, my mom can't pick her up or and things like that. So they just recently, um, put her in this like assisted living, um, center out in my hometown. And I was going out to visit her and I was on the interstate and I had to go to the bathroom so bad. And I was stuck in traffic. It was like 15 miles of traffic back to back. Oh God. Well, luckily whenever, where I was at, and I know the area, obviously, cause I grew up there. I knew there was an exit ramp like a mile up the road and I knew the shoulder was wide enough for my car. And so I wouldn't have to worry about like driving in the grass or anything. And I was thinking to myself, like, I have to go to the bathroom so bad and I don't know what to do. Cause I didn't have a, I literally was thinking like, do I have any bottles in here or anything like, yeah. I need to go? Oh, yeah. And so I'm like debating in my head. I actually put on Instagram when I was doing this. Cause I was thinking like, okay, I drive on the shoulder to get off on the exit ramp and then take like a detour around to get to this place. And I possibly get a ticket for driving on the shoulder or I go to the shoulder and go to the bathroom on the side of the interstate and maybe get a ticket for indecent exposure and end up on some like sex offender list or something. So I took the lesser <laughs> of two evils and drove on the shoulder, cut across, got to the nursing center. And I run in there, like literally about to my pants and the bathroom's out of order. And I'm like, oh no. Oh, so God. I like just, I pretended like I didn't see the signs and the tape over the toilet bowl. I just opened it up and I just went to the bathroom and I like, act, I put it back so that like, nobody saw me, but I was like, this is about to be a bad situation. <laughs> you're you're going to be not allowed in there. They're going to have like your wanted face on there. <laughs> I know. I'm like this, look, you, I did you a favor by doing this. Otherwise it was going to be like out in your landscaping or something. Yeah. 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 She, they don't know how hard you work just to get there. Oh yeah. You know what? This is the, f I want to just say, this is the first podcast I've talked about peeing so much. <laughs> <laughs> is that a good thing? <laughs> yes, yes, 
it's it's a first. It's, it's just a thing. It is a thing. <laughs> it's just a real thing. Look, it's... everybody listening to this can relate. At some point or another, they just don't want to talk about it. I but... bet the audience has to pee so bad right now. They're in their car driving and just like, dude, I should pull over too. <laughs> yeah, they don't want that cold breeze that's going to make them need to go more or anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's my hardest part about CrossFit at the center is the gym is so far away from my bathroom. And like to stop in the middle before we're like lifting, I got to like run so far to the bathroom to go pee. It's a thing. Yeah. Dallas knows. I'm always like, I got to, I got to pee again. Well, no, and then somebody inevitably always stops you. Like, Hey, can I ask you a quick question? Like, no, I got to pee. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> I got one thing to do right now and you are not it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Urgency. Yeah. 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 Dallas knows. Like he's it. got it too, which Urgency. is refreshing. Cause he's, he's a guy. Most guys look at me like oh, girls, but Dal, Dal has it too. So that's nice. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, the other day I went on a road trip to LA and I was like, I was in my head. I'm like, dude, I'm going to like have to go every hour. And like, I wasn't driving. So I'm going to like delay our trip. Yeah. And I just didn't drink water. I was like, you're just not drinking water today, dude. Cause we got to get to LA and that's seven hours from here. So holy cow. And every that's time we got gas, I just peed and it all worked out. But I was in my head yeah. about it. I was like, damn. That's how I No, I took Otis to the vet and when I took him this special uh, heart vet, that's like a two and a half hour drive from our house one way. So you're like in the car five hours with the dog. And I'm like, how, and I already, I think about that. I'm like, how am I going to make it there with as much water as I drink? Cause it's like, <laughs> almost like, um, I drink so much water because I crave it, but then it also becomes because I work at my desk and at home a lot. It's like almost like a oral fixation where it becomes a hobby, like just yeah. like something to do. Like, I guess like a smoker, they say that's sometimes a hobby of just the yeah. hand raising to the mouth. That's how I feel like it is with the water. And I'm like, like strategy, like, okay, how do I get there without having to stop? Because I don't want to leave Otis in the car unattended because he knows how to unlock the car and oh, roll down shit. the windows. <laughs> I know. So I'm like, well, literally, so I, I would stop and go to the bathroom and like, I have my clicker and I constantly hit the lock button while I'm going to the bathroom and he's in the car. Cause I'm like, I don't want him out. Cause we had somebody actually try to get in my car once and there were puppies to like pet them, but I feel like they're going to take them. I don't know, but it, maybe I'm just a psycho dog mom, but it is That's it's like weird a to no. unlock someone's car. I, to I, I would think dog. that you were on, they were, they had other intentions. Mm -hmm. Nobody just goes to pet other people's dogs in their car, or they shouldn't. I know, it's weird. I mean, I would, though, actually, so I can't really say. <laughs> I'm like the person that I see a dog, and so, this happened the day I was in a stoplight, and somebody was, like, parked a little bit in front of me, and I saw their dog looking at me, and I started doing, I waved to dogs like this, yeah. uh -huh. and they, the dog was looking at me, and he turned his head, and the owner turned around and looked at me and caught me waving at their dog. I was like, I'm such a dumbass. <laughs> It's yeah, fine. but dog it's owners, we're, we're all the same. We, we takes one to know one. We're like, yeah, I get we're it. We're all psychos. <laughs> oh, my God. That is amazing. God. Well, yeah. I officially have to pee now, guys. After I do too, actually, now that we're talking about it, now I'm like ready. So I feel like it's time. It's, it's time. Yeah, it's amplified now. <laughs> yeah, I, I shouldn't even have said anything. I'm, I ruined it. Uh, ruined the party. Damn it, Dallas. I know. <laughs> Well, oh, anyway, this has been amazing. Fun. This has been so no, fun. Thank you so much. I had so much fun chatting with you guys. You are the best. I have to say you are absolutely my favorite podcast to date. No offense to anybody else. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening, well, yeah. Ange. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I, I love talking to you. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. This was absolutely awesome. No, it was awesome. great. It was seriously so great to meet you in May. Like, that was so funny whenever you emailed me. You were like, yeah, remember you guys came to sat with me, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, 
you're just such an, a fascinating individual. Like you were telling your story about like where you were and how you were inspired to start every, you know, with Elevate and everything. It's just like, I just enjoyed that evening so much. And it's funny because whenever you emailed me and asked you on the podcast, I was like, yeah, she acted like I didn't even remember who she was. Cause like, well, something I pride on, like I'm very good at remembering things and like the most random shit. Like I'll remember a dog's name that we met on the street in Kansas city five years ago. And Angie's like, how do you remember this thing? Cause they actually used to tease me when I used to drink that I was the black box. Cause I remember freaking everything. And so, so like when you said that, I was like, how does she think I didn't remember her? We sat together for like three hours. I know. <laughs> the greatest part about that is it was the first night. So you gave me so much clout, like the rest of the conference, everyone's like, oh, you're Emily's BFF. I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Even I though am. we just met, I'm like, know? yeah. <laughs> no, it was, so, it was so much fun. So hopefully we see you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. I'm bummed I miss Miami. Next one. I know. It was a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, you'll definitely have to come to the next one. So. Right. And Dallas, it was nice to meet you as well. Love that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, it was Emily. great right. meeting you, Emily. All right. Yeah, you as well. Have a good day. You, right, too. you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, see you later. All right, guys, that's our show for today. I hope you found some value from listening. And if you did, please share with someone you know or love. You can find us on social media. We are at Elevate Addiction Services. And if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free, confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.